0: even though that was a great announcement uh, by Brandon, our our, uh, partnership class is closed because it's all filled to capacity. So I apologize if you didn't get something Well, yeah, that's a good thing. Uh, I think people just want a free lunch. But anyway, so, hey, you know, as I talk with people uh, and interact, one of the things I hear over and over and over again is I wish I had more peace in my life. Like, things are going on in your marriage, or things are going on with your parents, or things are going on with, you know, your job or your finances, and, you know, the hike increase of the interest rate, and all all these things. Like, I just wish I had more peace in my life or you wish that you could be more patient with your kids or you wish you were able to have more self-control in in certain areas and and again you find yourself so frustrated because you're trying and you're trying and you're trying to be committed and you're wondering why can't I and then just fill in the blank like why can't I do this Why can't I seem to stop? Why can't I seem to make sure this doesn't happen anymore? And if you're anything like me, I mean, for years, just years growing up, I would find myself, especially even as a parent, I would find myself like where I was, I was trying so hard to, to do certain things, and I would look at this list that we're going to look at in a moment. I would look at this list and, and, and say, man, I think there are certain areas that I can see some consistency maybe in my life, but there are these other characteristics that it seems like there's this inability in, in me to produce it on a regular basis, and it's hurting. Like when I'm not patient or when I'm not gentle but harsh... Like it's hurting the people that I love the most. And so my solution to all of it is I've just got to work harder at it. I've got to go to God and God, I need, you to, I need you to help me, right? Like I need you to assist me. I need to be more disciplined in certain ways. I need to come up with new habits that are going to help me produce those things more consistently. The problem is that solution didn't work. And it just won't. So if that's true, being more committed, going to church more often, you know, telling God that you're, you know, you're gonna take one for the team, like all those things, if that's not the solution to success, and that's not the solution to Christianity, what's the solution? If you have your Bibles, go ahead and open up with me to Galatians chapter 5. And, and again, if you're uh, new here, if this is your first time, if you're a guest, I just want you to know we, we are so glad that you're here. We're, we welcome you. Uh, we're incredibly grateful. We've been in this series for a while. And uh, if you're tuning in online, again, so glad uh, that you've tuned in and we hope that you'll continue to. Uh, but we've been in this series called The Death of Religion. And we've been camping out in Romans 8 for the last number of weeks. So if, if you've missed any of those weeks, I would strongly encourage you go back. You can watch it. You can listen to it, whatever you want to do. And and I would encourage you to kind of kind of follow along because we're going to go outside of the the book of Romans and chapter eight and we're going to just camp out all day this morning in, in Galatians chapter 5. The author is the same. It's still Paul. He's still kind of driving home this message of understanding what it means to not walk in the flesh but walk in the spirit. And again, Paul is talking to the Christians. He's talking to believers. And he's trying to say, listen, you've been set free from the slavery of sin. So don't shackle up now to be slaves of the law. Like you were free from sin, now don't take those same shackles and attach it to something else. He says, you've been set free from that too. So we get down, drop down to verse 16, Galatians chapter 5. So he says this, So I say, live or walk by the Spirit. And you will not, it's a promise, it's not like, hey, if you, if you walk in the Spirit, you have a better probability. That's not what Paul's saying. It's a promise. If you walk in the Spirit, you will not gratify the desires of the sin nature of the flesh. Sound familiar? Yeah, it's interesting, same author, no wonder, right? Romans chapter eight, again, we've been looking at the difference between walking in the flesh and walking in the spirit, and then you read these verses that Paul's talking, I've talked to you about some of this, because you guys have wrestled with some of these things, just like I have, like it, Paul, you make it sound so easy, like, you're like, hey, just don't do it. And you're like, oh, okay. And then you go out and you struggle with it. Like, it's just not that simple. And again, Paul makes it sound easy. Like, hey, if you walk in the, think about this. If you will walk in the spirit, you won't lust. You won't, you won't be angry in sin. You won't be prideful. You won't say hurtful things to, to, to people ar- around you. You won't talk negatively about others. Like, and, and, and again, as you, as you read this, you're, you're thinking, man, like, like Paul, it sounds so easy, but how in the world do I do this? Because for the longest time, here's what the Christian life was for me. Here's, here's what I understood it to be. Try really, 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 really hard not to sin. Like, that's what I thought it was. Like, you accept Jesus, and now I know my eternity's good, but then the rest of my life is just try not to sin, try not to give in to temptation, try not to do bad things. Like, you know, it's just try, 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 try. And the days that you seem to do pretty well, you feel good about yourself. And the days that you screw up and you don't do so well, you feel bad about yourself, as if. God's up there with a scorecard with your name on it seeing how you're doing and you're sitting there trying to have more good days than you do bad days. The problem is, or the good news is, that's not what the Bible teaches. Like that's not how God approaches you. That's not how God views you. Paul's saying that if we will walk according to the Spirit, then you won't carry out the desires of the flesh. In other words, you need to write this down. The goal for the Christian life, I don't even think this thing that I wrote uh, is probably proper English. I wrote it to emphasize something, so please don't send me emails like you shouldn't write like double negative, right, all that stuff. The goal of the Christian life is not to live our lives trying not to do certain things, okay? The goal is not to live our lives, trying not to do a lot of things. But our goal is to live our lives by doing this one thing. By doing this one thing. And if you're here today and you're struggling, you know, you could be be struggling with a bad habit. You could be struggling with a dysfunctional or unhealthy relationship. You could be struggling with God. Uh, you could be struggling with, uh, you know, a bad attitude. Like you could be struggling with all kinds of, you could be struggling with unforgiveness towards someone. But the good news is God's, God would say, I, I have an answer for that. And the answer for you isn't try harder. The answer isn't, well, just be more committed. The answer isn't just attend church more. The answer is allow God, the Holy Spirit, to empower you to be able to overcome those things that you can't in your own strength and power. And see, all of a sudden, these, these next couple verses, Paul begins to help us try to understand, but they're, they're difficult to understand. For the longest time, I had a hard time understanding this, so pay close attention. Verse 17, he says, For the sin nature flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the sin nature they are in conflict with each other so that you do not do what you want. Here's what Paul's with. Follow along. Paul is describing how we approach temptation, especially when we walk in the flesh. It's like, I know the difference between right and wrong, and I want to choose right. Like, I want to do what honors God, but I struggle to do it with all the willpower and strength, like all that kind of time. But I, 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 I wanna do, I wanna do the right thing. And the challenge, is if you've accepted Jesus, if you've placed your faith in Christ as your Savior, then you have the Holy Spirit living within you. So if that's true of you, then you struggle with the same thing that others of us struggle with, which is you have the nature, your sin nature, and you have the Spirit of God, you have the Holy Spirit residing in you. So there is this conflict at all times going on in between our spirit and our flesh. My spirit wants to honor God, my flesh wants to appease myself. And it's this constant battle that is warring, going on within us. I wanna honor God, But I also want to have fun. And so Paul is saying, if our approach to temptation is based on our ability to overcome it every time, you're just going to lose. Here's why. Because when I don't give in to temptation, my flesh loses, even though I honor God. But when I give in to temptation, God loses. My flesh wins. So both times I lose. Because there is this, there's this conflict going on. And Paul is saying, this is the dilemma that, as a believer, we wrestle through. And so here's the good news. Verse 18, he says, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are no longer under the law. And again, for the longest time, this never made sense to me. Because again, you, what you need to understand to help you understand this verse— in the Jewish culture, there are, there are all kinds of laws, like there's, a, there's just a ton of laws. And then the Pharisees, the spiritual leaders, the Pharisees just added all kinds of more laws and regulations on top of the existing laws. And so what Paul is saying is that if you and I will learn to walk in the Spirit, you are set free from trying to keep all those laws as if that gets you in good with God. Paul's saying, if you walk in the spirit, you no longer are keeping the to-do and the to-don't list. You tracking? Like like he's saying, you have been set free from that. It's no longer about all the self-discipline that you have. And here's why. Because when you are up against temptation... When there's something, and, and, and probably every single one of us in here, you know, we, we, we've got stuff that we struggle with. There, you know, maybe many, many things that we struggle with. But oftentimes there can be a few things that keep to be, keep, uh, seem uh, to be the thing that keeps rattling our cage. Like this is the thing that we're struggling with. And what Paul is saying, listen, when you're up against those things and you're being led by the Holy Spirit, your part your decision in those moments is not to choose right over wrong. I want this to sink in. When you're facing temptation and walking in the spirit, my part is not to choose right over wrong, because the reality is oftentimes we can't decipher it because we really want what's wrong but our spirit really wants us to do what is right but in that moment your decision your part is to choose dependence on the holy spirit and not reliance on yourself it's to choose dependence on the spirit of god and not reliance on yourself And part of my struggle with sin is reliance on me. It's something that I have to die to on a regular basis. And again, Paul's trying to help me understand, he's helping you understand to be able to approach God and say, I can't, I can't do it. But you can. I can, I, I can give you all the reasoning why and family, lineage, you know, and all this stuff. And, oh you know, I, I can go, I can justify my, I can justify it all day long. But the reality is he wants us to come to the Holy Spirit and say, Spirit, I, I am not strong enough. I am not smart enough. I don't have enough ability or talent. I need you to fill me so that you can empower me to overcome what's in front of me. this might sound harsh, and I don't mean it to. You can't be filled with the Holy Spirit and filled with yourself. Do you hear me? You can't be filled with the Holy Spirit and still full of yourself, because the Holy Spirit will not take second place to your ego. So it's a constant time of us just just laying it down. It's, it's, a, it's a constant time of us coming before the Lord and just saying, "Lord?" I'm depending on you. I can't, but you can. And here's the danger. Folks, listen to the danger. If you tend to not be dependent on the Holy Spirit, but instead you try to overcome in your own strength, in your own power, in your own ability, with your own talent, here's the strong tendencies that you will begin to see In your life this is not a probably I don't even think I put this in your notes but I would definitely write these things down and then you can have a conversation with your spouse or your kids and say hey do you see these characteristics in my life because if so that means you're probably not walking in the spirit walking in the flesh you will become more judgmental you will become more critical of others you will become more self-righteous and you will become more desensitized to hurting and broken people. Because in your mind, all you gotta do is just be more committed. All you gotta do is just love Jesus more. All you gotta do is is show up more. All you gotta do is just apply what we've talked about. All you gotta do, like in your mind, you you just need to be better. Like you just need to work harder. You just need to, all that stuff. And again, This is where Paul's trying to help us understand. This this is also the kind of the churches I grew up in. Like the, the preacher was so disengaged from the real world. Like his whole strategy, his whole message was just don't sin. Nobody ever taught me how to walk in the spirit. Nobody ever told me how to walk in step with the spirit. They talked a lot about don't walk in the flesh, but when we talked about walking in the spirit, there was no direction, there was no clarity. I had no clue for years and years and years. And no wonder I resort to what I know, try harder. Work harder. Try not to sin. And when you do, God, I'm sorry. Here I am again, right? Like again, it's over and over and over again. And, and, and what Paul wants us to understand, that's religion. It's self-righteousness. Jesus came to abolish it. So don't resurrect it in your own life. This is why we have no interest in religion here. If you're a guest, I just want you to know, no interest. Jesus came to put it to death. And so why in the world would we try then to resurrect it? Here's the key. Here's the solution to success. Here's the solution to victory in the Christian walk, the Christian life. And here it is. It's walking in the spirit. That is, It's that simple, yet that difficult. It's walking in in the spirit. And I've seen so many people, and you might be one of them, I've seen so many people get hurt by Christians. Because for for whatever reason, I'm not, I'm not, fully sure, but you know, I've got some pretty good guesses for whatever reason, as, as, as a people, as Christianity Christians, right? Like, like we, we have taken it upon ourselves to make sure that others that we don't agree with, we help them understand they're wrong. We're right. Like we, we've, we've taken that kind of as a banner cry for some reason. Like th- th- they need to understand they're wrong on these issues. We are right on these issues. We are right in our beliefs. You are wrong in our beliefs. And here's the question that I have for you. And this is going to be really important that you really wrestle through this. Like truth biblical truth, like all those things are huge. Like I have a high value, high, 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 high value for that. So don't misunderstand what I'm going to ask you. But what if the real issue is, how do I love people that I don't agree with? Versus how do I help them realize they're wrong, but actually trust the Holy Spirit to do a work in them that I might have a conversation that we could begin to dialogue. But what what would it look like for me to actually love them, even though we don't agree on a lot of stuff? What would it look like for me to be kind to people that don't believe the same things I believe? What would it look like for me to show self-control towards somebody that has been really hurtful to me? Like, here's the reality. These are the things we've got to be wrestling. If, if, if Jesus said, they will know you by your love for one another, how then do we exhibit this kind of stuff? And it's not going to happen when you're walking in the flesh. It's not going to happen if you think it's on you to make sure you convert all of Cyprus and Katy and Fairfield and, you know, Houston. Like when you realize, man, I just play a part in God's story and I get to play a, that, that part underneath the, 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 the uh, headship of Christ and I get to walk this stuff out. But here's the reality. I can be very truthful with you. I can be in right on the doctrines of faith, and I can do it in the flesh, and I can destroy people, and God is not honored whatsoever. But yet we valued truth telling over understanding what it means to be able to still do that. We still still want to tell the truth. But how do we do it with kindness and love and grace and gentleness and patience and goodness? Like, like, how does the rest of Scripture tie in? Because the beautiful thing about the Holy Spirit, he's pro-relationship. He's pro Like, when you walk in the Spirit, it will always benefit your relationship. This is, why, this is why I try to tell couples all the time, like, listen, if you want to improve your marriage, yeah, we've got all kinds of counseling. We've got all kinds of things that will help you be able to, to work through the, the different things. But I... But here's, here's one of the key things. You've got to learn how to die to you and walk in the spirit because your spouse will, be sh- will benefit so much. But when you walk in the flesh, like you've been walking in the flesh, which is why you're in my office, then you will continue to keep getting the results of the flesh, which is conflict, frustration, hurt, pain. So the Apostle Paul gives us these two lists that are extremely important to understand. Please hear me. These are not to-do lists, okay? If you've gotten nothing else, this is not a to-don't list. These, These are descriptions that we're gonna look at. These are descriptions of what walking in the flesh looks like and what walking in the spirit looks like. Verse 19. Everybody tracking with me still? All right, good. Verse 19. The acts of the sinful nature, or the flesh... are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, which we think, well, that's just weird, we don't don't do that stuff, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissension, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgy. In other words, you want to know what walking in the flesh looks like? There you go. Not a pretty picture, is it? And again, probably going, yeah, you know, like there's some there at the end, like the orgy thing, like probably not gonna see that. But like you think idolatry and witchcraft, like that's weird, like, I, you know, that's not true. I, I just wanna give you some clarity on what idolatry and witchcraft actually really mean. I think I've explained this before because I've, I've, I've taught on this passage before. But idolatry is anything that you worship or focus on above God. Anything you focus on or worship Above God. So I'm just going to tell you, you can idolize, you can put your spouse on that altar, if you will. You can put your child, you can put your job, you can put your need for security, you can put your, like, you just keep going down. Like, what are you focusing on? It could be your pain. It, it, it could be a past situation. It could be, you know, a, 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 a you know, a thing with, with the Lord. Like there's there's things that you have gone through, or that you wrestled through, or your present situation because you are so worried right now. Because of you know, there's numerous reasons why. And again, all of a sudden, that becomes the focus, the attention above, trusting God. Those are idols. Could be safety, could be security, could be comfort. Like there could be all kinds of stuff. See, witchcraft, <laughs> it's it, you know, what Paul's talking about is, is it's not the pointy hat with the broom and the like the black hat and all that kind of stuff. That's not what witchcraft is. Here's what witchcraft is it's manipulates, trying to manipulate the supernatural for your benefit. That's what it is. And when you peel it all back, that's what witchcraft is It's trying to manipulate the supernatural for your own benefit selfish interests here's how we can do that okay God here's the deal you answer my prayer I'll do this like God, I'm making a deal with you. Like, you know, I'm going to pray cuz my expectation is I'm going to pray you're going to you're going to do what I think is best even though I can't see from your perspective. I don't I, don't, I can't see through the quarters of time. I you know, I know I live in a wicked world and people do wicked things and you don't stop everybody from doing wickedness because then you'd have to stop all of us and and so God allows bad things to happen to people that just aren't right and aren't fair and all that stuff and it doesn't take away that he's still good and that he's still just and that he's still love him but we wrestle and we struggle with that stuff and so now God I'm going to make a deal with you like if you do this I'll go to church if you answer this prayer I'll do this if you heal this person if you get me out of I will then like we're making deals we're trying to manipulate the supernatural for our interest let me just ask you in that moment is the primary concern on your mind what's the will of God Come on, we know that's not the case. It's, I want what I want. And it can be a really good thing, but it's about me. And Paul's helping us understand that's our flesh. Our flesh says, I want to manipulate to get what I want. Our spirit says, trust God. And do what he wants. Our flesh says, my way. Our spirit says, God's way. Hear me. Walking in the flesh always leads to the destruction of relationships. Always. Always. That's why walking, when you're experiencing you walking in the flesh, you'll start seeing relationships that you're in beginning to erode. And you wonder why. Men, when you follow your sin nature and you give in to walking in the flesh, it's always anti-intimacy because purity paves the way to intimacy. Women, ladies, when you walk in the flesh, it's almost always anti-self-esteem. And we'll, you know, we'll, we'll get up and, we'll, you know, people argue and say, you know, well, forget what God says. And I, you know, I'm, I'm my own person and I can do what I want. And, you know, freedom and all that kind of stuff. And we should be able to do what we want to do. And the problem is, I mean, there, yeah, you, you can do what you want to do. But the problem is when you do it your way, when you go the route of you're going to walk in the flesh, I'm just telling you, it's going to eventually lead to here. I'm just telling you, it's going to eventually lead. You will be empty. You will be frustrated. And eventually you will be alone. It's just what walking in the flesh leads to. So Paul, thank goodness, switches gears and he helps us understand what we're going to experience when we walk by the spirit. He says verse 22, he says, "But the fruit of the what?" The fruit of the spirit. That means that the source of everything we are getting ready to look at comes from who? The spirit, not from you, not from me. So the fruit of the spirit comes from the spirit, not my ability to produce the fruit. Is that tracking? So so again, if I'm walking in the spirit, then the circumstances of this world will not rock my faith. If I'm walking in the spirit, my joy doesn't get stolen. My peace doesn't get eroded. I can agonize I can hurt I can be disappointed but it doesn't have to steal my peace and my joy because it wasn't rooted in the people or the things of this world but when my marriage sucks I'm sorry for my language but when my marriage stinks and my kids are struggling and my finances are in the tank and my job is uncertain and I'm just an internal mess why is it Because everything of my joy and my peace is so rooted and grounded in this world. And what God wants us to understand is that when we walk in the spirit, like when we walk according to his spirit, then I am grounded and rooted in him and all those things can happen and and it can be difficult and it can be saddening and I can be hurting and I can be frustrated but I don't have to lose my peace or my joy whatsoever. And I don't get to use those things as excuses to be hurtful towards my kids because that's not where it's rooted. He says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control and against these things there is no flaw now come on how many of you would say ah I kind of like the first list better you know that whole fits of rage and dissensions and some of those things right? Now, I really prefer envy and jealousy. Like, that seems to get a better return than patience, right? Like, of course, like, it's ridiculous to even say that. Like, seriously, if you were to sit down with your kids, three of my kids are married, the fourth one's getting married, engaged, so it's kind of out of our, uh, our, we've already kind of had these conversations, but if you sit down with yours and you're ready you're to right, say, hey, I want you to write out some characteristics of the spouse that you want. There's a list over here called the, 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 the walking in this flesh. And there's this list over here walking in the spirit. Which one would you want your future spouse to uphold? Come on, you know which one. Like, like it's ridiculous to even ask that. Then the question is, so then if that's true, why then do we spend so much time walking in the flesh? If you would consider yourself not a Christian, I just want you to know, first off, I am so glad you're here. And I hope that you'll keep coming back. You're welcome here. We'd love to have you here. But here's one of the things I'm going to throw out to you that you need to consider that I think will maybe even help you think about becoming a follower of Jesus. Jesus came to not only give his life for you, but he came to give his life to you. How cool is that? Like, not only did he lay down his life and go to the cross and pay the ultimate price for all of your sins, past, present, and future, but he also gave his life to you when he gave you his Holy Spirit. And he wants to produce the fruit of his spirit. Like the spirit wants to produce those things, those characteristics in your lives. Those are the characteristics of Christ. And he wants that produced in you. And there's no amount, there's no amount of you trying hard to be able to produce it on any level of consistency. I mean, come on, think about it. How are we going to love and live like Jesus? It's part of our mission statement. We're going to make and send disciples who love and live like Jesus. How are we going to love and live like Jesus? Hey, you guys go out there and Give him another good old college try this week. You come back in next week. You're like, well, man, it didn't do so well this last week. I'll try harder, Bob. Yep. And we'll keep failing. But if we all just said, hey, here's what we're going to do. We can't do it, but he can. So let's just choose by saying we're going to depend on the Spirit of God to empower us to be able to love people around us when they feel and then when they sound and when they seem unlovable. Like, when they're harsh to me, I'm going to love them back. When they're, when they're mean to me, I'm going to be kind to them. When they say certain things, i want to be gentle with them. I'm going to show self-control and not let my tongue, you know, have its way when I feel like it. Like, I'm not going to give in to my self-reliance. I'm not going to give in to my flesh. Like, I'm going to choose to walk in the Spirit. And I'm just telling you, when people are going through the junk of life and they see you beginning to wrestle through the same junk, but you have a peace about you, they're go- I'm telling you, this happens to me all the time. Like, all of a sudden, somebody's going, like, how in the world? Like, how can you go through, how can you deal with, how do you handle? Like, how-? And I'm just telling you, you get the opportunity to, to share people. I'm just telling you, normally, that would be the way that I would, I'd be struggling just as much as you. The only way I've been able to work through this and have joy and peace in my life is I've just been learning how to walk with God. That's all I can tell you. Because I can't do it on my own. I just can't. I'm not, I'm, I'm just not that good. So Paul continues, he says, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sin nature with its passions and desires. In other words, he's saying, listen, if you've trusted Jesus as your Savior, if you haven't, we want to help you know what that relationship looks like. We want you to, afterwards, we'd love to have a conversation with you. So please, we, we want you to understand what that means. But if you have accepted Christ as your Savior, what Paul is saying is the shackles of sin have been broken. They've been taken off. You don't have to keep functioning in your flesh. Like you've, you've been set free from the flesh, And again, we go, well, why do we keep sinning? Well, because we still have this battle of our sin nature and our spirit, and they're at war. And when you walk in the flesh, it's a conscious decision to choose to sin. And so Paul says, since, now he's gonna give us our part, this is our part. Since we live by the spirit, here's the command. Let us keep in step, that's a daily thing. Keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. See, our part is not making promises to God. Our part is not making a promise to your kid. Our part is not making a promise back to your parents. Our part is not making a promise to your spouse that you're going to do better. I'll work harder. I'll be more committed. I'll go five more times. I'll do this, that, and the other. Like, I, like it's not to try to be more kind and, and more patient. I'm going to try to be more patient. I mean, I, I, I mean the amount of times I've said that. I'm going to try to be more patient. But when I simply learn, here's the strategy. When you simply learn, just like I'm simply learning, Lord, I can't but you can't. I just can't. So I'm trusting you to empower me to do what I can't do. Let me ask you a question. Don't answer this out loud, because I don't want it to keep you from answering other questions in the future, all right? (laughs) But let me ask you this question. Who brought you to salvation? Just think about it. Who brought you to salvation? If your answer is your mom, your sister, your brother, whatever, that's not true, okay? I'm just gonna tell you that. If it's Jesus, the answer is not true. You're like, <gasps> listen, the Holy Spirit is the one who brought you to salvation. Jesus is the one that saved you. You just look at Scripture. The Holy Spirit has role and a responsibility. He is to woo us, to draw us to the Savior. He's the one that's going to continue to have, you know, this, this convicting role in our life. And as he convicts us, we realize our need. We turn to Jesus. And when Jesus saves us, here's what we do. We're like, yes! Like Christ saved me. The Holy Spirit wooed me and drew me to need my need for a savior, and then we go, Great, thanks, God. I got it from here. I'll see you in the end. Like you weren't good enough to even get there on your own ability. What makes us think that we have any chance of living the Christian life on our own? It's impossible. And so the great principle that I want you to walk away with, I've shared this before. I guess my my idea is if I keep saying it long enough and enough, we might finally get it, right? And it's for me too. It's not just for you. It's not like you're thick, I'm thick, right? Like we've we've got this thing. Here's the principle, all right? I'm just going to tell you, you need to write this down. Dance with the one that brought you. And if you're a recovering Baptist, this is going to be a struggle for you, okay? I'm just telling you ahead of time. Dance with the one that brought you. Listen to me. This is where I started at the beginning of the series. Finish how you started. Finish with who you started. You started off with God doing all the work. Keep it that way. Because the whole Christian life is, God, I can't, but you can. Empower me. You know what will happen when you start walking in the Spirit? You're going to quit blaming everybody else around you. You're going to quit playing the victim card. You're going to quit blaming God and others for everything not working out the way you think it should have. And instead, you're going to learn what it means to trust the Holy Spirit moment by moment, even when it doesn't make sense, and He will give you the peace, the joy, the patience, the gentleness, the kindness, even in the midst of the disappointment. So here's a prayer. I've re- it's in your homework. It's in your homework. It's in your notes. Uh, I gave you some homework. Please do me a favor. Do not make this a ritual prayer, okay? This is something I wrote. I've used the scriptures. Don't make this your new, my fathers who art in heaven, right? Like, don't make it that. But here it is. If you've got it online, you guys got notes online, you can download that. Uh, We're not going to put it up on the screen, so uh, you can pick them up if you didn't get one on the way out. But here's, here's what I tried to do. It just says, dear Lord, like it's you and God. You're getting alone with the Lord. I just tried to put some language. It's a guide to help you. Dear Lord, I'm trusting your spirit. Like, I'm just trying to give you language. I'm trusting your spirit. To, to produce in me, because you're the producer, you're the source, to produce in me love. And then next to it, I want you to write who you're struggling to love. Joy. Who are the people or the circumstances that are, ten, that you, that you, to be honest, you just tend to keep allowing them to steal your joy from you. Peace, same thing. Patience. I just wish the kids would go to bed and I'm so exhausted. I just don't have, I get it. Like I get it. But as you pray, like God, I need you to empower me for patience so that when my kids act like kids, like I can love them and still uphold the the structure of our home and our discipline and all that kind of stuff, but have patience in doing it. Show self-control, kindness, Right, the areas. Like you just go through each one of these characteristics and then it says, Lord, I can't produce a list like this with any consistency on my own. So as I walk with you, I'm trusting you to empower me. Like it's just a guide. Like like if we, just think about it, if every day, like if every day we just chose to humble ourselves and multiple times a day come and we just come before the Lord and pray this prayer, not as a way to help me be better, Like stop praying that, help me do better. But God, I can't, but you can. And I'm depending on you, Holy Spirit, to produce in me what I cannot do on my own. Walking in step in the spirit is the solution to success. Let me pray. God, thank you again for your word. Thank you for just your kindness and how you continue to, to just love. You do. You pursue us. You love us. You don't abandon us even when we abandon you. God, my hope and my prayer is if there's anybody here that's just hurting and struggling because of different things in their life, God, I pray that you would, you would somehow, some way, that you would touch their lives, that you would, they, would, they would hear loud and clear that you love them deeply, and you have not forgotten them. You do not abandon them. God, my hope is is that we would be able to figure out, like, what does this look like? It kills me to know for years and years and years, growing up at church, I never heard anything like this. I was never taught this. But it's here, it's right here. And God, it has given me such freedom and life. God, my prayer is that we would journey together as a body, as a family, as a community of people just committed to to walk in this out and allowing you to do this work in us so that you can do this work through us. So, Lord, thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.